Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Well, guys, it has been a while since I have talked politics, and that's what we're going to do today. But I'm going to talk about politics in a little bit different way. It's going to be sort of like a game of conspiracy politics, if you will, because I love a good conspiracy theory. I like connecting the dots, thinking about whether it's a plausible scenario. Of course, all of the ones that we've seen over the last few years that were claimed to have been conspiracy theories, and then magically they were actually conspiracy realities that a lot of us knew. But today is just going to be a little bit different. It's sort of this game of black hat, white hat. And I think most of you would know kind of the term black hat, white hat, but it's basically like good guy, bad guy, right? You've got black hats that are in whatever system, our government, the three-letter agencies, who are the bad dudes. They're not following rules. They've got their own sort of thing going on. They're participating in the downfall of our country. And then you've got the white hats. And whether the white hats are out in front or whether we have white hats kind of behind the scenes trying to maybe clean things up or get rid of some black hats, who knows really. But I definitely think that we have black hats and we have white hats. And this also comes into play, I think, when we look at the global sort of political structure, not just here in the United States, but I am a absolute firm believer that there is a cabal. I believe that there is a shadow government. I think that there is a global sort of shadow government, of course, and that some things are very much more front and center than other things. I think that we actually only see a tiny, minuscule fraction of actually what's happening. And I think that the people that are front and center are not even necessarily the ones that are running the show. I think a lot of them are just puppets or they are maybe the fall guys for whatever reason. I mean, they're still like potentially horrible characters. Like I don't think very highly of anyone at the World Health Organization. I don't think very highly of Bill Gates, obviously, or Anthony Fauci. So these people that have sort of shown us who they are, and this just isn't over the last few years, right? Like I've sniffed out Bill Gates, I mean, decades ago, but they're in our faces now. So they are potentially carrying, I don't know, maybe carrying the spotlight or they have to kind of be out in, out in front for whatever reason. Nobody knows. Like we literally, we have no idea what's going on. 
And kudos to you if you're somebody that doesn't lay in bed and think about this at night. Because for some of us, we get to lay down, close our eyes at night, and literally play a game of what if in our heads. I sometimes don't mind it, and then sometimes I do. And in times when I don't mind it, it's because I'll think of something and I'll be like, ooh, this is totally a possibility. And here's why. And then I'll like play this little game of connect the dots in my head and like, okay, here's the players, like, here's the scene, here's the scenario. And it might be me just like formulating my own conspiracy theories, but to some degree, they potentially make sense, especially when nothing makes sense right now. It's almost like the crazier the idea, it's plausible. Nothing right now is off the table. I really started thinking about this the other day because I met a friend, a new friend, an internet friend. I met in the real life and it was so awesome. I should also give props to the internet because in addition to it being the most incredible place for all of our information and everything that you can have access to. One thing that I really have loved about the internet over the last few years are the incredible people that it has brought into my life. Some of my dearest, closest friends have been placed in front of me via the interwebs. So this woman is now another new friend and I sort of love how we kind of like came together. I had done an Instagram live video about ongoing shenanigans with the public, uh, with the school district here in Arizona that my son goes to, which I should probably do a show on that in and of itself because, oh, the riffraff and just the nonsense that has been happening in the school district. I mean, we see it all over the country, but here in particular um, in Arizona, we've got one school district that has done some wild stuff. So I might put them on blast in another show, but I did a video on Instagram and she either found it or somebody sent it to her. And so we kind of started chatting. I sent her my number and then we kind of started chatting some more and then finally we were like, um, we need to get together and like have lunch. Like we need this face to face. And as I get older and as we are in these times that we are in, I unfortunately, well, I guess fortunately, but I can't do like the surface friendships anymore. And I know I've talked about this on the show but I need to have people in my life who get it and who are willing to fight and be vocal and be prepared and prepare their families. So when you make a new friend in this way, it's hard enough to make friends as adults anyhow, let alone to make friends with people that you know are sort of your people you don't have to have any of this like fluff, small talk, surface, like kind of false pretenses in these dialogues when you very first meet someone. Like we didn't, we didn't talk about the weather. We didn't talk about what do we do for work? Like we dove right in. It was literally like she walked in the restaurant, we gave each other a hug. It's so nice to meet you. Bam, 
here we go. We're diving in. And I love that. Like I need people that just want to get down to the meat and chew on it and be as intense as I am. And I also love these types of relationships because everybody does have a slightly different perspective. So even though you might be somebody who has seen through the COVID narrative, you still might have a different viewpoint on that. You still may have done different things that I did or that I'm doing currently. And I love that. I also love people's different levels of preparedness. I've been somewhat preparing, not as a doomsdayer or as a total doomer that thinks that we're going to get nuked or that there's going to be an EMP. I don't think either of those things are going to happen, but I do think that we're at a place in our society where there could potentially be some significant civil unrest and I would like to be protected. I also think that there are maybe some things that could happen on a temporary basis, but maybe the presentation doesn't feel temporary. And I'll maybe touch on that a little bit later in the show. And so with those types of things happening, there could be some some chaos. So again, I would like to be prepared. And I love talking, especially to women, because I feel like women have been put in such a powerful position to be the ultimate like preparers of our homes. Like we're having conversations with our children that we probably would have never have dreamt of having. We are making sure that food and water is available for our children, like in our families, like it's sort of this ultimate nurturing and caregiving task that we have been blessed to take on in these times. While then we can hopefully lean on the men to sort of be the protectors and the guiders and just sort of that safety net that we would need if kind of stuff hit the fan. So one thing that we obviously started talking about was politics and we just sort of got into this kind of really great like back and forth dialogue about black hat, white hat. And who do we think is a good guy? Who do we think is a bad guy? Why do we think that? What do we think could happen as a result of maybe a bad guy getting exposed or a good guy maybe actually being a bad guy underneath, but sort of parading around as a good guy, if you will? So maybe a wolf in sheep's clothing kind of scenario. And of course, of course, we had to talk about President Trump because there is just so, there is so much. You could talk, I could talk anyways, for hours about not just him specifically, like as a person, but kind of this whole topic. Like, do you put him as a black hat? Do you put him as a white hat? What are some scenarios for both? Like, what's your supporting? I don't want to say evidence because again, we have no idea. I've never met the person. I've never, like, I don't know what my six degrees of separation from him are. Every every judgment as a human that I could make about him are simply based off of 
his public persona and then a presidency in which I lived in the country that he was president for, for four years, right? So everything that I have to base sort of my impression or my understanding on are all things that have been basically like third party presented to me. So I don't get to have my own firsthand accounts, if you will, or sort of those feelings when you step into a room and somebody's there and like, oh, what's their vibe? Like, what's the energy that they're giving off? Like, how do I feel around this person? I don't have any of that. So I, again, with my brain working the way that it does, I'm always the glass half full person. I always want to be optimistic, but I also don't want to be unrealistic or get caught with my pants down or not think of a potential scenario that could be bad to maybe help me prepare a little bit more. So we started talking about Trump and kind of thinking about, okay, what what happened like before he was president? Who was this guy? What was he doing? Where obviously we know about his you know, sort of upbringing, very intelligent, a wealthy family, uh, real estate, kind of, I don't, I don't know that I would call him like self-made, obviously, just because of his family and his background, but he kind of, you know, he did his thing. He made his money. He figured out how to be successful. And like a lot of us, again, I think people place judgments on him for things that a lot of us have experienced, which is, you know, a failed marriage, multiple, you know, or moms, kids from different, different parents, um, maybe infidelities, maybe saying things that are a little bit uncouth, maybe a little rough, like the dude's human, right? The dude's human. And The dude was a civilian. Like, let's not forget about that. He didn't grow up in this sort of political world, which I just want to take like a tiny little two-step down a side road here for a minute, just a two-step down. I'm not going to get totally derailed. But so many of our current politicians have literally been lifelong politicians. And we do not at all question anything that's been happening in their lives while they're politicians. And yet somehow somebody that's not a politician gets their civilian life just absolutely scrutinized, microscoped, brought up into conversation. Like, that's weird to me. It seems super unfair, and I'm not really somebody that's like, oh, that's not fair. But, like, guy, guy was just a guy, like, living his life, making money, raising his kids, like, doing whatever in his private life he was doing, and that is going to be so heavily microscoped and scrutinized while you have all of these career politicians who are civil servants, who are on a fixed government salary of you and I's tax dollars, and yet somehow they're now worth millions of dollars and no, everyone's like, well, it's just because of this or it's just because of this. 
Um, that seems a little askew to me. So yeah, that's my digress. I'm back. I'm back on track. Staying in the staying in the fast lane here. So we were talking about that with Trump and kind of like the pre politics life, I guess. And of course, TV personality and like who he kind of quote unquote ran with. And of course, there's always the chatter amongst everybody about the Epstein connections, all of those things, right? So you have to be an incredibly savvy consumer of what information you are receiving. And does the information make sense in an overall big picture format? That's kind of the way that I look at things is this big overarching, you know, kind of massive umbrella of underneath here, we have all of these little things and what pieces fit together the best and what makes the most logical story or what makes a story that seems relatively plausible, whether it's what you want to have happen or not. Because we threw out some wild scenarios and I'm going to dive in on those because I think it's fun. I think it's fun to sit there and be like, oh, I'd never thought about that. Like the scenario that she threw at me during our conversation, I was like, ooh, this is new. I'd never thought about this. It's not necessarily something that I like or that I would want to have happen because it was a little more on the like uh, black hat side of things. But I got to be honest and say, I think it has some potential or it's at least an idea rattling around that you could say, hmm, I've never thought about that before. Like, let's kind of see what happens, I guess. So for every scenario, black hat or white hat, there kind of like is like supporting characters and supporting activities and why I think some things tip the scale, you know, in one versus the other. And I guess I don't know what I should start with. I don't know if I should start with black hat or white hat. Um, maybe let's start with black hat. Why not? Let's just get the, the black hat stuff out of the way. And then we'll jump into my sort of glass half full. And if I'm leaning more towards him being a white hat, maybe what do I think is going to happen? And what does that look like? So the thing that sometimes confuses me about maybe conservatives or people that are sort of awake to everything that's going on, we oftentimes reserve the judgments and the finger pointing for really people only on the other side. And here's what I mean by that. Again, I wholeheartedly believe in a cabal. I wholeheartedly believe that there are a lot of people in power that actually worship Satan, that this is spiritual warfare, and that this has been going on. I mean, let's be honest, probably since probably since the garden, probably since old Adam and Eve, right? There has now been obvious nefarious attempts at, you know, 
God, we, we are to, we are to look to the heavens and be led by God. And we're so far off. And these are the attempts, right? These are the attempts to pull us further away from God and really just truly live in this world. And what we know is that those types of people, they are Satanists or whether they participate in other clubs, if you will, they have their symbolisms, they have their signs, they have their rituals, they have the things that literally we have on the other side. We, we do things, we, you know, maybe fold our hands when we pray, we maybe bow our heads when we pray, we take communion, we put our hands up in the air when we worship. Like there are things and there are symbolisms that we have on this side as believers. We, we Maybe I wear a cross every day. Maybe other people wear crosses, right? But for some reason, we have a hard time being like, oh, we, ha we have symbolism on this side too, just like that side has symbolism. Now, some of their symbolism is if, you know, you're talking about Masonic and all of those types of things, you have checkered floors, you have the holding up of your hands in like the devil horn sign or throwing up what, what used to be the okay sign, right? You put your finger and your forefinger and your thumb together and then your other three fingers are up. Well, now the majority, well, I shouldn't say the majority, but a lot of us know that that's throwing up like the 666 sign, especially if it's double or the covering of one eye um, or putting that okay sign over your one eye. These are all very symbolic things that the other side does. Well, DJT, he does some of those things. In fact, we, we see him frequently putting his fingers up in the okay sign. Now, a lot of people that support Trump, which is okay, I voted for him. Um, I think he was a great president, but he does that a lot. Now, if I were to see a celebrity do it or somebody in Hollywood, I'd be like, oh, look, there they are. They're, they're throwing it up. They're flashing it. But yet... I would more than likely make an excuse if Trump did it. I would brush it off as, oh, that's just part of his natural mannerism, or it's just a habit or something like that. So maybe Black Hat, maybe he's throwing it up. Maybe he's doing what the other Hollywood celebrities are doing, kind of flashing. I, I don't know. Maybe. But if one group is doing it and it means what it means. And then this guy is doing it. Don't I sort of have to think it means what it means? Or because my hope is that he's a good guy, I then have to kind of make an excuse and brush it off. I don't know if I really want to do that. So that's the first taste. The first taste of the black hat. I'm going to keep diving in on that after I take a short little break so that you can hear from our incredible sponsors and we will dive right back in when I come back. I am Nurse Beth, 
You are listening to Nurses Out Loud here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's time and this is world class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Hey everyone, Nurse Kimberly Overton here from Nurses Out Loud. Over time, our cell signaling molecules diminished, leaving us vulnerable to the wear and tear of life. With the Sea of Redox, you can restore and revitalize your body at the cellular level. This is an incredible product that I personally use and can attest to seeing fantastic results, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. ASEA supports your immune system, enhancing your body's natural ability to repair itself. It promotes overall well-being so that you can experience a new level of vitality and resilience. It's time to take control of your health and experience the power of ASEA. Visit our online store today at americaoutloud.shop and use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15%. Be sure to tune in to Nurses Out Loud Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget OUTLOUD25 at checkout. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action 
and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back. Happy to have you for the second half of the show. We're just going to keep rolling right along. We're playing the game of Black Hat, White Hat today with Donald J. Trump, President Trump. And I was leaving off first half of the show just talking about like symbolism and how, you know, maybe we overlook things in people because our hope really is that they are a good guy. And so we maybe make excuses or... I know I joke with like my girlfriends all the time, like dating, like, oh, like I just made a scarf out of like all of the red flags and I just wore them around (laughs) instead of being like, oh, that's a red flag. No, thank you. I was like, well, I'll just keep this one and then maybe sew some more together and then I'll just wear them around and it'll keep me warm and cozy, right? We sometimes do that because our hope is, is that it's not what it is. So another kind of like black hat idea is surrounding when he was president, you know, the vaccine rollout. And it is very challenging, especially being somebody who has been very awake to the vaccine agenda for a long time. It was a little unsettling to watch all of that play out with him. And I think he danced around the issue enough and kept his sentiments vague enough, right? So like not mandating the vaccine, Um, but he did tell people like, you know, in no not direct quotes, but, you know, here's the vaccine. You could get it. Almost kind of taking, like, pride in, you know, how fast he got it out. If people want to call that Operation Warp Speed, they can. I personally have a different theory about Operation Warp Speed, which I will get into on the white hat side of things. So after the whole vaccine rollout, I guess the thing that bothered me the most about that, and it sort of played into maybe could he be on the Black Hat team, was his super dismissal of people that were having vaccine injuries. And that that like really did, that bothered me because, I mean, first and foremost, it's such a real thing. <laughs> like it's... It's such a real thing with kids, 
adolescents, adults, not just with this vaccine, right? We know this. And I just thought to myself, like, oh, I wanted him to be better. I wanted him to acknowledge that on a significantly larger level. Now, do I think it's a complex issue, again, that we know nothing about? Yes. Do I have any idea what it's like to be under this sort of pressure and to be the president when this plan is rolled out? I can't, like, I can't even imagine. So the woman in me who wants to offer grace and who wants to sort of have the ability to put myself in his shoes, I I can do the grace part, but I can't put myself in his shoes. That is an impossible feat of knowing what that must have been like to be sort of, you know, managing this very, very cunning and calculated situation that was like unfurled on us. This attack, really, if you will. This large portion of a significantly larger agenda, like really getting off the ground, like taking off, having pretty, pretty good success. So in that sense, like it does make me nervous that, okay, well, not nervous. I guess nervous isn't the right word, but maybe just like, oof, that feels a little, that feels a little like he kind of went along with it. Maybe that's what a black hat would do. Maybe you would just sort of go along. Here's where it's going to get fun. Because this is the theory that my friend threw at me that I was like, um, I literally had never thought of this. Okay. So hold on to your hats. Here we go. And now again, this is just us like, you know, shooting the stuff, just having a good chat, but also maybe putting some things together that are like, I don't know, maybe plausible. So here we go. Trump has a ginormous following. Ginormous. And the original base is loyal and he's continuing to add on and add on and add on. Now, I should also say that just because, you know, like if you're talking about Black Hat, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's aligned with the Nancy Pelosi's and the Mitch McConnell's and the Hillary Clinton's and the Obama's and the Bush's. It doesn't mean that that like he's in that club, but it maybe means that the ultimate intentions aren't as pure as we're being sold, if that makes sense. So maybe there's something coming down the pike that isn't this red, white, and blue America MAGA scenario. And this is where this kind of story or this uh, hypothesis comes in, if you will. So what Trump did a very great job of in his first uh 
run a presidency in the four years is he really did keep his word on doing a lot of stuff. I think people would be frustrated that he didn't have Hillary Clinton arrested or that he didn't quote unquote drain the swamp, like all of those types of things. Sure. I get it. But in a lot of other areas, he did really amazing things. We're energy dependent. We had low unemployment. Um, you know, immigration was under control, like all of these really great things for our country. Right. So his base is, is, is firm. It's got a strong foundation pulling more and more people over because they're watching the absolute dumpster fire of the Biden administration. Like this skin suit can't, is barely holding it together. Right. And our quality of life isn't getting any better. So as his popularity grows and as his sort of following grows, I think that there are a lot of conservatives that are looking to him to sort of be this quote unquote savior to like come in, save the day. Like I'm going to do all of these things here. Look to me. And I don't mean savior like in a Jesus complex. I just mean like, you don't need to be a sovereign being because I'm going to be here and I'm going to sort of fix everything. Maybe I should more say like a knight in shining armor rather than savior. I don't know, whatever. So here's a really kind of interesting hypothesis. The government's talking about aliens. Mexico rolled out those like paper mache or like that show on Netflix. Like, is it cake? <laughs> I'm dying. Um, like, couldn't they have done a better job? Like, honestly, like this was like a knockoff, like alien pinata that they like rolled out. I was like, I don't, I can't even with this. Like this was a third grade craft project and I'm so deceased over it. So we have the aliens and then we all know about project, project Bluebeam. If you don't know about project Bluebeam, just, just search that up. Just look that up because it's basically what could be the potential catalyst for a quote unquote fake alien invasion. So she thinks that we're going to have this quote unquote alien invasion and that it's going to be Project Bluebeam. And that's what's going to sort of like, mm, Put the fake ones in the sky, but that our military actually has spacecraft or saucer-like things that could actually then potentially be deployed. And maybe they like laser some things. Maybe there is some destruction in some cities because the, the whole idea is that we're going to feel like we are literally under attack. So Every good false flag, unfortunately, there are casualties. Otherwise, it's not a good false flag, right? There has to be some sacrifice in order to instill fear and in order then to come in and be the rescuer. So you create the problem, you provide the solution. Like that's false flag 101. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. So there's going to be some destruction and people are going to panic and there's going to be fear. And then, and then we potentially have Trump step forward and say, this was a global event. The only way that we can 
sort of combat this is to unite. She presented it in a very interesting way because here's the thing. He's charismatic. His base likes to listen to him. He could potentially paint the new world order as something, you know, kind of butterflies and rainbows and something that we should buy into, not only because he's encouraging us to do it, but also because he sort of has, you know, carried this essence of, I'm going to be the fixer. And this is my suggestion to fix things. After a really scary alien invasion, why wouldn't we turn to him? Now, I think amongst that, or so did she, and she brought this up. She's like, I think he's going to drain the swamp. Like, I think he's going to do things again that help, like, the buy-in of, like, oh, look at what he's doing. Like, this is amazing. This is great. So then when that time comes, the track record is sort of in existence. Like, it's been laid. So then people are like, oh, yeah. Because here's what is always wild in my brain. What's wild in my brain are how many people participated in the Kufid vaccine because but they were but they were Christian and they were conservative and they were team Trump and yet they like still took the Kool-Aid. They still looked to him, a human in the flesh, president who lives a life like none of us live, looked to him for guidance on that. So if those folks aren't maybe regretful or remorseful or understanding maybe kind of like the big picture, she could be right. Those folks could look at him and be like, oh, well, he suggested a freedom city, which is like, oh, I can only leave and go 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there. Like a freedom city is literally the same thing as a 15 minute city. It just has a shiny word. It's called a freedom city. Well, that doesn't sound like I've got much freedom rather than a 15-minute city. So maybe that's a wild, mind-bending scenario. And maybe you're angry right now. Maybe you're listening to this show and be like, oh, I used to like her, and now she's like over here in la-la land. I don't know. Maybe. But if you're listening to my show, you are getting little glimpses into my brain. I apologize for that. I wish I could say I had more control over it than I actually do. That's probably not true, but you know what I mean. It's wild in here. And I kind of like it. And again, I love having this dialogue with people that are like, you know, she, she's not as much of a glass half full person about President Trump that I am. And that's okay. Like, I still like to have that little exchange and be like, ooh, now you got my wheels turning. They're squeaking, but they're turning. So then I threw at her sort of my, like, my white hat view, right? Because I do. Like, I, I thought our country was amazing for four years under Trump. 
And I like it that he's spicy. I like it that he, you know, takes nothing from nobody. Like, I like that. I don't care that he has, you know, three ex-wives. I don't care that he talked about grabbing a lady's parts in the locker room, locker talk. I don't, I don't care. I care about how much my groceries cost, how much my gas costs, whether or not, you know, I'm going to run the risk of having like home invasion because crime is out of control. I care about the Southern border. I care about us jobs. Like these are the things I care about. And that's what he did when he was president. Now, here's my big theory about sort of Operation Warp Speed and, you know, pushing him more towards White Hat. I think that, well, do I say I know? No, I'm going to, I'm going to stay humble, y'all. I'm going to stay humble. I think that the Kufid plan had been in existence for decades, maybe longer. Like this is a situation in which there it's like a tiramisu of planning right like how many people are involved again back in the shadows um who's doing what who's pulling what strings who's out in the front whatever whatever i think ultimately for this plan to have been more effective they needed hillary to be elected president they needed hillary to get in there because undoubtedly we would have had compulsory vaccination more so than we did, right? Like we would have had literal, like I picture myself being loaded up and taken to a FEMA camp because I just would have refused, right? Like I think we we potentially would have gotten there. Here's the other thing. Like the math isn't mathing for this vaccine and the, the timeline, right? Like of COVID discovery, research, you know, vaccine development and production manufacturing, like there would have had to been so many manufacturing facilities across the world running 24 seven with, uh, you know, without a single glitch pumping out X number of doses a minute, right? The math isn't mathing. So I personally think that these things have been on cold storage for a long time. I don't know where, probably in the Ukraine. They've probably been on cold storage for a really long time. And that's why when they all got them, like there were all these like wonky instructions and you had to shake it and you had to reconstitute it. And it was like frozen and all of these things. Right. So here's my harebrained idea. I think that Trump catches wind of this plan. It, it rolls out. Right. Fauci's in the spotlight. We'd never heard of him before. We'd never heard of tiny Tony Fauci before. Okay. We'd never heard of Dr. Burks. And these have been people that have been in our government forever, right? Bill Barr. Ooh, he's a slippery one, ain't he? All of these people got put out front and center, which I also think is part of Trump's, like, kind of his own personal plan, if that if that's the white hat plan for him, is to basically like expose these people and shine the spotlight and be like, dude, these people have been in our government for this long and they're getting away with like X, Y, and Z. Like, eh, we got we got to cut these people off at the knees. So I think for him, he had to do kind of the the politically correct thing 
and say, okay, there's a vaccine coming out. Like take the vaccine if you want it. Because people wanted it. This is what we were being told we had to do in order to have our lives go back to regular, to keep your job, to go on, you know, the cruise for Grandma Sally's like 70th birthday, like all the things. So politically, he couldn't turn and say, no, don't take it. Like, think about how crazy everyone would have been if he would have said that. People would have lost their minds. They would have also lost their minds if he came out and said, uh, don't take that because I think it's been on cold storage for X number of years because this has been a big global plot coming down. Like, dude would have been labeled a conspiracy theorist like the rest of us and been put in a straight jacket and like 5150 <laughs> So I get that he had to like kind of song and dance around that. Now, ready for my harebrained theory, my wild theory about what Operation Warp Speed is, actually. I think maybe Operation Warp Speed was going in and swapping out some of those vials that had been on ice for however long and swapping them with a placebo. And here's why I say that. It's very, very clear that there are distinctions in people having adverse reactions and people not. And now again, maybe this is just time going by, right? That we're seeing maybe people with underlying conditions have things kind of escalate quicker or they have maybe a higher level of intensity as far as their adverse reactions. Obviously, we're seeing people drop dead of heart attacks. But then we also are having people that are literally, they're like, they're like, okay, they're just like regular. Now, does that mean that something's not happening inside their body that we can't see? Quite possibly. I'm not eliminating that from the realm of possibility. But what I'm maybe suggesting or thinking about is that imagine if all of the injections were as deadly as we think the injections are. Like, we're talking as if we aren't already having mass casualty events. We would have had mass casualty events. Like, bodies, right? So maybe Operation Warp Speed was coming in and doing a little house cleaning, Maybe trying to get rid of as many actual, you know, mRNA vials as possible. Maybe replacing them with just saline or, you know, whatever. Some sort of placebo. I don't know. Does that then also lend him to this sort of knight in shining armor kind of complex. Who knows? I don't know. But the other thing that I think about when I think about him being, you know, kind of a good guy and all of what he has had to endure over the last, you know, well, four years of his presidency. And then now he's almost four years out of presidency and he's literally still the most talked about person. Daytime TV, 
on the cover of, you know, like Yahoo News. Like, I mean, and it's and it's not because he's rerunning for president like this. This was happening even before he announced that he was going to run again in 2024. If. If the black hats are so in charge, right, if they're so in charge of our judicial system, if the if the three letter agencies are doing all the stuff that they're doing and if it is just bullets and arrows flying at this guy, why perpetuate it? Why carry on with this for so long, so deeply, so intently? Like, just put up an indictment against him and then put him in front of a crooked judge and, like, convict him already. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand. Like, they hate this guy so much. Which sort of tells me again, at least I want to, I want to, I want to hope he's on kind of the white hat side. Now, in the scenario of him being a black hat, I, I think that there's the possibility that we get to an election and that he's elected and then that is the scenario that comes through and then we see maybe, you know, that whole sort of savior complex play out in, in the next four years after a 2024 election. Now, in my potential white hat scenario, I don't know if we're going to get to an election and here's why. He has a trial set. He has a trial set for March 4th. Trials are great for introducing evidence, right? So you you put something on the record and it's on the record. It's now accessible to the general public. So if he's a white hat, and if all of the things are true about the election fraud and about the pandemic and about the vaccine and about all of these things that we have seen kind of take place, he has the opportunity to potentially present a significant amount of that in a trial, which then would be seen and potentially heard by the public. I think people will lose their minds. I think this is where we potentially hit a crossroads of having some civil unrest because if the truth is going to come out, that would be a very opportune time for it to come out. And I don't know that people have the capacity to sort of reconcile the, everything that they've been lied to about. I don't know. Is it that crazy? Is it that far off? Is it that wild? I don't think so. Not with the wild, wild things that we are seeing going on in the world. To me, it doesn't seem that far off. I mean, if we can have, if we can have drag queens you know, reading to toddlers in a public library. I don't think that some of these theories are that far off. But that's just me. What theories do you have? I would love to hear them. 
you should email me nursesoutloud at gmail.com. Just write one to me. Either that or tell me I'm crazy. Let me know if you think I'm like so far out of bounds. Tell me if you lay in bed at night with these connect the dot games going in your head. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And with that, that is all the time we have for today, friends. But remember, we're here on the air five days a week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern with a different nurse host daily. Please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses as we walk you through all of these hot topics. We will empower you with information and education. We will advocate and we will stand in the gap for you because we are nurses and this is what we do. I'm your host, Nurse Beth, and you can find me here every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.com your daily stop for the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. And join us wing days with a different nurse host daily where no topic is off limits as we shine our lights and expose the darkness. It's time